Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Friday edition of the program as we close out the week and glad to have you with us. High school football tonight, week two of the postseason here in Indiana, New Albany and Floyd Central. The rivalry game, likely the winner of that game, maybe the favorite to win the 5A sectional locally. A big one tonight. It'll be played at Floyd Central. It was a Good matchup for most of the game when they met just in the final week of the regular season. Floyd Central actually led 10-7 to at halftime, but New Albany and their strong offense came roaring back in the second half. It went on to win, I think, the final score, 39-20, something like that in that regular season matchup. But Floyd playing good football. I think this game tonight will be closer. I think New Albany the favorite, but expecting a good football game. And New Albany trying to win its first sectional championship since all the way back in 2002, uh, but they'll have a tough Floyd Central team, an improved Floyd Central team, I think, is the way to to phrase it in front of them tonight. Also, another headline we'll talk about this more a couple times uh, in the program today. Bob Knight back on IU's campus for practice yesterday. Coach Woodson tweeting out a photo of the two sitting on the IU bench. Uh, I don't know if it was before, after, during a break in practice, but really need to see Bob Knight uh, back in Assembly Hall and and uh, sitting with his arm around his former player and, of course, the current head coach of the Hoosiers. But I think the question that I have had a few times and verbalized on this program, will we see Bob Knight back at Assembly Hall this year on a more regular basis of course, hard to be any less regular than what he was for so many years until he finally came back uh, for the, uh, what was it, the Purdue game back in February. Was that 2020 or 2021? I, I believe. I can't remember exactly. Uh, with the COVID stuff, everything runs together. But I think that we can expect to see him. I'd be shocked, really, if his health holds up. If he's not at uh, some games this season, not sure that he'll be there for every game or become a regular uh, member of the program like, say, Denny Crum is at at Louisville, especially under Coach Mack. But I do think we'll see and hear from Coach Knight uh, much more than we ever had before, which I think is a great thing. Regardless of your thoughts on Coach Knight, obviously I know lots of listeners support him and uh, are thrilled that he is back closer to the program. There's maybe some that have uh, tough feelings or hard feelings for how he's acted or been over the years, but I think generally it's a great thing he's back around the program, back around the players, 
and uh, Mike Woodson is the the guy to bring all that together, and he sure has done that so far uh, in his short time at IU. So we'll talk about that some a little bit later today as well. Uh, let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just a few moments. We'll have our Zaxby's headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Then later in the hour, we'll be joined by Dylan Wallace. Dylan is the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He joins us on Fridays. We talk IU basketball, IU football, and more. We'll even maybe get into some high school football tonight locally with uh, with uh, Dylan when he joins us. And then later in the hour, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star will join as normal on Fridays. We talk basketball, recruiting, and much more normally when Kyle is with us, and I'm sure we'll get into more of that a little bit later in the show today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And a reminder that the Thornton's text line is always open here during the Hoosier Report. You can send me a text with your questions for guests, your comments on the Hoosiers or local sports. You can sound off on just about anything you want to. Send a text message to 502-414-1450. That is 502-414-1450, the Thornton's text line. And while you're at it, download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today on your phone for great offers and savings on fuel every day. And don't forget to send us a text today at 502-414-1450. Another topic that we need to bring up here today is IU football as they head to Maryland. And I'm going to talk about that coming up here in just a moment in the headlines segment. All right, let's take a look at today's Zaxby's headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Uh, I think the top headline, Bob Knight returning to Assembly Hall yesterday. We'll talk more about that with Dylan Wallace coming up, but just need to see. I, I don't care what your, your connection to the IU program is or how long you've been a fan or even your specific thoughts on Bob Knight during his coaching tenure. Maybe I think more so people would have differing opinions near the ending of his coaching tenure. When I see him back in Assembly Hall, whether it's video or clips from his return to Assembly Hall when he was recognized and he uh, he made his way around shouting defense and trying to get the fans into it. Uh, you see an aging Bob Knight returning to a place where he's made uh, so many memories for fans across our state and cemented our basketball tradition really in this state. And to see him back there uh, in any form or fashion, I think was is special to me. It brings back a lot of memories. Uh, you just I have a good feeling about it. And then of course yesterday to see what Coach Woodson wrote about Coach Knight and to see those two kind of embracing on the bench again with basketball season just around the corner, uh, you know, you think about, wow, it's amazing that uh, what Coach Woodson has done with former players and Bob Knight so far, and he hasn't even coached a game yet. So I think there's a lot of people pulling for Mike Woodson uh, that have been IU fans over the years, even maybe some that you hear from that have kind of given up on Indiana because of their lack of success or because of some coaching things that haven't worked out. I think everybody's pulling for him because he is truly the guy to not only maybe have success with his recruiting abilities that's shown he can possibly get that done, uh, maybe he could get this thing going in the right direction. And one thing is for sure he can do, he can bring back the alumni and he can bring back Bob Knight. I can remember a time just months ago when Mike Woodson was hired where you think, gosh, it's just not the hire that you think should be the guy. You know, Indiana should be able to bring in one of these 
top name guys that's having success at another big program and that's ready to take on a blue blood and a traditional program like Indiana. Indiana has basically the facilities to compete and bring in that kind of coach. They've got the financial ability through donors and fans, just a place that needs to get an attractive, high-level coach. And when Mike Woodson's name was first announced, I I just didn't feel feel that way. But as he's been there in, in a few short months, and you see how he's handled himself, his press conferences, the alumni coach night, the recruiting, the transfer portal, uh, so many things so far. I'm beginning to think at this point, and again, he's not coached a game yet. We've not seen him uh, in action unless you were over in the Bahamas and got to see that in person. But there's just a feeling right now of hope around the program. I think we can all agree on that. And I personally am, am more confident and more hopeful that he is the guy to turn the page turn the corner than what Archie Miller or even Tom Crean were. He just seems to bring something different to the program. And of course, personally, his NBA background and all the contacts that he has uh, seem to be paying off so far, at least in the recruiting and the transfer portal game. And let's see now how he's able to develop these guys. And if you have any questions about Mike Woodson as far as you know his ability to coach, which I'm not sure why we would based on his NBA experience, but his ability to develop players, which, again, that's a lot of what you're doing with young guys in the NBA, and he's done that, been really proven at that, to be quite honest. Look at his staff of experienced guys, starting with Dane Fife, that have experience at Indiana as a player, and, of course, at Michigan State, for what I think are the best coaches in the conference and the best programs year in and year out, really, in the country in Michigan State. So uh, as we head into the month of November, because when we talk again next week, it'll be November 1st, and we'll be on a single-day countdown or less uh, to the IU opener on November 9th. Uh, yeah, I, I just I, I, have, I have a hopeful feeling this year. And I, when I hear from you guys, when I see you out and about, I get the same feeling that everyone is really hopeful and really pretty confident in Mike Woodson that he's going to have a chance to get this done. So a lot riding on this opening season for Mike Woodson, and we'll talk about that some a little bit later in the hour with Dylan Wallace. Also, a couple other notes. We can't forget IU football plays at Maryland, and uh, maybe I'm just being real hopeful about everything today and real positive because it's a Friday, but you know, outside of the Michigan game, for IU football, there are chances to pick up some wins the rest of the way. And it's even possible, I think, without Michael Penix or Jack Tuttle with the freshman quarterback Donovan McCauley leading the charge for Indiana to score some victories. So uh, could this be the start of a fresh season for Indiana? Could this be the opportunity for the Hoosiers to go on the road and score a big win at Maryland? I think Maryland started as a a three-and-a-half-point favorite early in the week. The line now, when I looked yesterday, was up to five or five-and-a-half points with the Terrapins uh, in in command of that or the the, the favorite to win the game. So we will see. But uh, could Indiana turn the page here? and have a successful close of the season. You look at who's left for the Hoosiers. Uh, Maryland, obviously, will not be an easy game, but it's a game Indiana can win on the road, even with their two quarterbacks out or expected to miss the game. At Michigan, ranked number six, going to be tough. That's probably one you write off, and it, it may not go anywhere close to IU's way. Rutgers at home, another winnable game. Minnesota at home. 
another winnable game. Purdue's the one I've kind of been back and forth about. That's November 27th, the final regular season game, obviously. It's on the road at Purdue. Purdue started the season as a team that you would expect Indiana really to to beat and to roll over. Then there was a period of, I don't know, two or three weeks where Purdue really came on, of course, highlighted by that Iowa win. And you think this Purdue team is maybe in a whole other level than what we expected it to be, and that it may not at all be even a chance for a victory for IU football to close the year. But after the last week, I uh, think Purdue possibly coming back down to earth a little bit, and, and that could be a winnable game as well. So really, the the of the five games left, uh, you know, Indiana I think has a great chance to to win four of them, or at least a chance to win four of them, which is saying a lot after a two win season so far for IU football. So we'll talk more about the Maryland game a little bit later as well. Also, I wanted to mention in our headlines today, J.Q. Roberts of Bloomington North High School, uh, 2023 player. He received an offer yesterday from Iowa, so another Big Ten offer from him. Keep in mind, Indiana was very, very early as far as the big-time schools go, getting involved with him. He had a lot of mid-major interest back uh, last season into the spring and then really started to get some upper-level interest from IU and Big Ten programs over the summer in Indiana with him being a Bloomington native right there in the backyard uh, for a guy that's really athletic and I think has a promising future ahead of him uh, was probably wise to get in and offer him one of the first big schools, high major schools, to offer him a scholarship. So as we get ready for high school hoops uh, coming up here uh, just weeks from now on the boys' side, J.Q. Roberts is going to be a player uh, from southern Indiana, south of Indianapolis, that I think you want to see this season and look forward to seeing what he does for Bloomington North this year. They play a lot of local teams, so there'll be an opportunity to see him in uh, uh, the area as well this season. Also uh, saw some video yesterday. I think it was some Jeff Rabjohns on the Peaks.com website of Jalen Hood Shafino uh, from this this recent uh, you know weeks ago back in the fall or in the fall I guess you could say and uh, boy he is impressive when uh, you take a look at him I think you'll agree uh, in the 2022 class no matter what happens with Noah Clowney and his decision coming up on Monday I don't think there's a recruit that I've been more excited about in a while uh, maybe since Romeo, to be honest, that, that than Jalen hood Shafino. He just seems like a guy that is going to be able to come in and potentially do so much for the Hoosiers. And some new video surfacing of him from the fall uh, just kind of underscores what I already thought. And I've not really seen him in a full game. I'm just going off of some clips and some games that I've been able to see online. And, of course, as I mentioned earlier in the week, you're going to be able to see his Montverde team play a lot this season. They're going to play a number of games on ESPN and a lot of their games they're ranked number one in the country as far as high school teams go heading into the season. A lot of their games are going to be available on streaming or through different platforms. So if you haven't seen Hood Shafino for a full game setting like me, I think we're going to have lots of opportunities to do so. And he's going to be a real primetime 2022 recruit for IU as we get into the high school season. A couple high school notes as we close out this opening segment. Uh, good luck to Providence Boys Soccer. They play in a Class A state championship game tonight. They'll take on number 16 ranked Westview. The Pioneers are ranked number three. Providence, 15 wins, three losses, three ties. Westview has a 16-5 and record. And the only thing I dislike about this, it's a Friday night game. It overlaps with the Providence football game tonight and other high school football games in the area. But you know the, Pro the Pioneers will have a big following uh, at IUPUI's Michael Carroll Track and Soccer Stadium. And we wish uh, Coach Stingle and all of the Pioneers the best of luck tonight as they look to repeat 
uh, for a Class A soccer state championship. They uh, were big winners a year ago, brought a lot of pride back to Providence and Southern Indiana with that soccer championship during a very strange 2020 fall season with COVID knocking out teams and uh, causing so many disruptions in the schedules, but Providence able to to get it done and bring a championship back, and we'll see if they can do so again this year. Also, uh, Silver Creek Volleyball, I got a chance to see them last week at the Charlestown Regional. I was there all day doing PA for the AD at Charlestown, Chad Gilbert. Uh, Coach uh, Zimmerman's Dragons, very impressive uh, they swept uh, the morning game against uh, the championship game against Greensburg, the morning game against Bar Reeve, and looked very dominant once they got things going. And you know, I, I just assumed that Silver Creek would maybe have a chance to get to semi-state in volleyball, but likely couldn't knock off Indianapolis Brebuff, who is always so very good and ranked number one in 3A volleyball. But talking with people that know a lot more about volleyball than me, they say Silver Creek has a chance on Saturday. In fact, when the two teams met earlier in the year, it was a very competitive match that came down uh, really to the final set. So we'll see if Silver Creek could shock the state as far as volleyball goes on Saturday. A a win over Babuff would get the Dragons to the 3A state championship game, which would pretty much be par for the course with Silver Creek Athletics right now after all the success of their girls' and boys' basketball teams winning state championships last year. They've had some other programs that have really been standing out. Girls soccer at Silver Creek has been really good as well. So we'll see if Coach Z, as he's referred to, uh, a great guy locally, can uh, lead his team to a state championship. We wish him best of luck against Brebuff. A big challenge for them this weekend. And tonight, New Albany at Floyd Central. I believe that's our Big X game of the week. Sectional semifinal, New Albany 6-3 at Floyd Central tonight, who is 4-6. The Bulldogs 6-0 undefeated in Hoosier Hills Conference play. They defeated Floyd Central a few weeks ago uh, fairly handily because of a good second half. But I expect, I just have a feeling it's going to be a really close game tonight. We'll see how it plays out. New Albany offensively is is the class of the sectional and much better than Floyd Central, but it's New Albany's defense. Can they get any stops? I mean, it's, it, it's tough at times. So uh, New Albany the favorite when it comes to the offensive ability to get it done, but Floyd Central defeated Jeff handily. They may have clearly made some improvements uh, if you mark those scores from last week back to the regular season when they just barely beat Jeff in overtime. But Floyd Central playing good football as well. I think we're in for a good one tonight, a rivalry game to determine who moves on in that 5A sectional locally. Also, Providence has a challenge tonight. They will host Paoli. Paoli having a good season at 6-2. and two. But if you look at what Providence has been able to do the last number of weeks, uh, come from behind and win a couple games, uh, be competitive with quality football programs, and, of course, get a big win on the road at Switzerland County last week. The Pioneers sit at 500, 5-5 and on the year. We'll see what kind of challenge they can offer a good Paoli team tonight. And our final local team still alive in the football postseason, Clarksville. They are 3-7 and seven this year, one of their big wins last week in the first round of sectional action, their first postseason win in eight years. They will take on Triton Central, who has really been a power in that 2A sectional. Triton Central just south of Metro Indianapolis. It's really out in the middle of nowhere. I've been there with Paul Love to call a football game before, and I'm telling you, it is really in the middle of nowhere. But they have been dominant in that sectional, and uh, they are one of the favorites again. So Clarksville will have 
a big challenge uh, at their feet tonight. There's no question about that. That's our headlines for this Friday edition of the program. Stay with us. We will talk with Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, next on IU football. And, yes, we'll get into some IU basketball as well. Still ahead, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star also. So we've got a lot coming your way here on this Friday program. And send your text in for Dylan about IU basketball, football, and for Kyle about high school sports and recruiting, whatever you want to talk about, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. The Thornton's text line is open. We'll be back with more here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we are back here on this Friday program. Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. We talk IU basketball and football during this segment. And, Dylan, I want to continue with what I was talking about in the first segment. That is Bob Knight making his return to Assembly Hall once again, this time just for an IU practice. And as I was scrolling through my Twitter feed last night and I saw Coach Woodson's post pop up, a picture of him and Coach Knight together on the IU bench, it just kind of brings back all kind of feelings and memories. And I'm not sure any IU fan, no matter your thoughts toward Bob Knight or not, uh, couldn't have a smile on their face and maybe some special remembrances as they see those two together on a bench at an IU practice. And I think we have our answer that uh, Coach Knight's going to be around some this season. I'll be surprised if he's not a guest at at least a handful of the games this year. Yeah, it was a it's a really cool thing. And, you know, I think if you're, you know, just fans thinking back to two and a half years ago, they would have never envisioned, you know, Coach Knight on the sideline during an Indiana basketball practice in Assembly Hall, you name it. You know, they just just doesn't seem within grasp of, of possibility at all. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, Woodson, you know, he was a part of the, you know, the, the reunion to bring Bob Knight back in, in that February 2019 game when Archie Miller was the head coach. You know, he, he and Randy Whitman, a couple of other players, you know, they were a part of getting him back. So um, now that, that Mike Woodson's taken over and, you know, he's talked about how much, you know, Bob Knight has influenced his career, not only as a, as a player, but as a person. And, and you know, he, he talked about that a lot of Hoosier hysteria saying that, you know, Bob Knight took a chance on me as a man. He made me better, and that's what he wants to do with the players on the roster right now. So, you know, it's sort of the passing of the torch thing that, that Mike Woodson kind of has in his mind, and he's talked so many times about how this pro, you know this program is all about Bob Knight. So, you know, now that they have that relationship and he's coming back to practices, and I just think, you know, he's done exactly what he said he would do, and that sort of bridged the, the past with the present uh, and the future. So it's been a really good thing, and I think – it it only gets Indiana fans excited when they're able to see that, you know, and, and now, you know, you can, you can, you can imagine, you know, what, what did coach Knight say to some of the players? What advice could he give them? You know, just, just to have him back around the program is always a, a good special thing. And like you said, you know, I'm sure I would not be surprised at all if he's at a, you know, a couple of games, you know, maybe not a whole lot, maybe it's just one, but if, if he's at just a couple of games this season, 
you know, they show them up in the, the, I don't remember what it's called, the area club or whatever it is up in the, you know, on the opposite side of where the banners are. If he's up in that suite or something and they flash him on the screen, the crowd will go crazy and it'll be a, a good fun moment. So uh, just a lot of positivity and uh, to be able to bring, you know, Bob Knight around and have him, him show up in Assembly Hall, kind of the place that, that he made famous. Um, it's just a, just a real positive thing. And it's what Mike Woodson is kind of holding to his promise of, of getting the, the past to, to kind of mesh with the present. And that's what Indiana basketball and that's what fans have wanted for a while now, and we're starting to see it come together. So uh, nothing but a positive thing for the program. Dylan, let's go to the Thornton's text line. Texter A. Wren writes in, I think it's time to start bringing up the uh, conversation of naming the floor Bob Knight Court at Simon whatever it is, Assembly Hall, go Hoosiers. And, and refresh my memory here, obviously Simon Scott, Assembly Hall, lots of renovations in recent years uh, from that family, uh, which gives them the naming rights for Assembly Hall. Then the court itself, there's really, I don't think a lot of focus on this when you watch a game on television or national television. I don't even think it's marked on the floor itself, but the court is, it's Branch McCracken Court uh, at Assembly Hall. Is that correct? Yep, it is Branch McCracken Court. And no, there's nothing on the court that says that anywhere. Um, and, you know, you, as you said, like if you, if you listen to a broadcast, they will always just say Simon Scott Assembly Hall, or they'll, they'll just say Assembly Hall. Um, no one really says, you know, Branch McCracken Court. They don't say McCracken Court. They don't say it at all. You know, I actually had the, uh, it, was a, it was a while ago, or it was maybe like 2018. I actually got, I was able to do a cool story um, during an Indiana women's basketball game. Um, the opponent they were playing, it was sort of a smaller school because it was early in the non-conference. But one of the girls on the other team was a grand, like a great granddaughter of Branch McCracken, and her mom was there, who would have been the the granddaughter of Branch McCracken. So I was able to like talk to them about playing on that court named after him. And it was a really cool story, um, and it was just kind of like one of those things where you know it's probably one of the only times that the story about Branch McCracken court will be kind of mentioned or written about you know because it's just it's just not brought up a lot as you said you know and it was cool thing for for me to be able to do but um you know he obviously did a lot of awesome things i think he provided the program's you know first two national championships um so you know but you know as you said you know if they were to name it after bob knight i'm sure to get a lot more mentions um you know i don't know if they would imprint anything on the floor itself saying that but i think people would bring it up a lot on broadcast you just hear about it a lot more um, and I do think, you know, it's probably time now that things have kind of uh, been kind of, you know, meshed over. He's back with the program and, and you know, things have seemed to be, you know, gone over smoothly and everything's good with Bob Knight. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they're able to name at least something after him. I don't know if it'll be the court or maybe something else, but um, I, th- I think, you know, as, as the, the text line mentioned, the court's probably the biggest kind of next thing that they would probably do to honor him. Um, so that'd be something to look out for, for sure. But yeah, you know, Branch McCracken doesn't get a whole lot of mention, uh, you know, on, on broadcast or really in general, because everyone just talks about Assembly Hall and, um, you know, Simon Scott now is in front of that name as as of the last couple of years. So uh, but yeah, if they were to do anything, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they were to make it to court. Um, and I don't really know what else they would do to put Bob Knight's name in front of, uh, in terms of, you know, that, that arena. So uh, I'd be interested to kind of see if, you know, now that he's back with the program and everything's in good standing with him if, if that were to, to be able to happen. So interesting point, and I think it's something we should look out for. Yeah, you know, you hate to see us, and it's, I mean, it's happened. Uh, you hate to see somebody's name come off to 
put somebody on that's more deserving. And I'm assuming if you laid out their credentials of coaches McCracken and Knight, that Knight would be more deserving based on wins and national championships. But again, you mentioned Coach McCracken, two national championships to Bloomington. So he clearly uh, you know, has been a huge part of the anchor of that program. I don't think there's any question about that. But if you if Assembly Hall, the, the building is named after or not named after Coach Knight, and if the court is already named after someone and Indiana doesn't feel it's fair, maybe it's not to switch that naming uh, at this point. Uh, what else is there left to put Bob Knight's name on? You know, the practice facility is named after the Cook family that uh, has given so much money, not just IU basketball and sports, but to so much over the years. I believe it's the Cook medical folks. So I don't know that that's an option. But, you know, Bob Knight, and there's somebody listening that probably completely disagrees, but Bob Knight to me is deserving of his name on something very, very meaningful on campus, specifically with basketball and sports based on what he's done. So as he comes around more, we hope, and let's hope that he's got some years ahead of him where he can still get around and is in a good state of mind to do so. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see with Scott Dolson driving the ship now uh, for IU Athletics if there is some sort of a switch or something creative done to honor him on a more regular basis. Yeah, it would be interesting for sure. Um, and, you know, you're right. I'm sure a lot of people would, would kind of disagree with it. I remember when he first came back and it was the big reunion, people, I saw some people saying, you know, why are we celebrating this? You know, about some of the things that he did off the court. You know, why why are people excited about this? Why are people supporting this man? And, you know, and to an extent, it's 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 sort of completely fair. Um, and then and then you know when you look at just what he did basketball wise with the with the program, and and now that things are kind of you know, you know, gone over with Scott Dolson here and the way he's been able to kind of, you know, mend the bridges and so to say. And I think it's it's everything's kind of in, in good withstanding with Coach Knight in terms of just the Indiana basketball program itself and the players, the coaches, the the, the administration. Um, which is good because it wasn't like that for a, for a long time. And I think, you know, with Scott Dolson now as the athletic director, uh, as a former, you know, manager on the team, as he sort of, you know, we, we know kind of the connections he's had with the program. Um, I think he, he would probably be interested in, in, in honoring Coach Knight in some way. And, and like you said, if, if it's not taking McCracken's name off the court, then I don't know which way it is. You know, you have, uh, you have Cook Hall, as you said. There's, there's a Cuban center after Mark Cuban. Um, I think the the locker room is even named after something, or I think Oladipo and Zeller like donated with it to to help it be made. So I don't know what 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 they could potentially do, um, but I'm sure Scott Dolson will would find a way if if he really sees it fit that he wants something in Assembly Hall named or something with Indiana basketball related named after Bob Knight. You know, if if you make Bob Knight you know, if you make it Bob Knight court or whatever, you know, do you, do you then put McCracken's name on something else? You know, do you, do you still kind of keep him involved? Cause as, as, as he probably deserves to be as well with something else. So that would be something to look forward to. And, you know, as you said, you just hope that, you know, Bob Knight still has a couple of good years left in him to where, you know, they could make something like that happen when he's still around and have a kind of cool ceremony for or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think with Scott Dolson, um, we, we could definitely see something like that happen. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of look out for, and especially if he's around the program a lot more, you know, like he's, if he's coming to practices, if he's coming to games, um, it might be a good time to do it. So uh, we'll see. And um, I'm excited. You know, I think it's a good point that, that uh, we, we've kind of brought up here that it could de- it could definitely happen and you know you just look what he's done with the program and you say he definitely deserves to have something like that in assembly hall. 
Yeah, there's no question about it. Talking with Seymour Tribune sports editor Dylan Wallace here on our Friday program. Um, other IU basketball stuff, because I want to get to football here in just a moment. Practices obviously been underway. The season is drawing near. There's been lots of conversation this week on this show about starting lineups and in roles for different players and you know what goals should be for the season for this team. Dylan, you've been around IU and you've been on campus as a student. You've been in the building as a media member now for a handful of seasons. Can you recall a year, especially given IU's lack of success and lack of reaching the NCAA tournament where fans are this fired up for a preseason game coming up on November 9th? And what do you expect attendance to be? We've still got a little bit of COVID stuff going on. Uh, I'm curious, are fans going to really pour in for some of these early games, even though there isn't really a big-time, sexy opponent on the schedule at home this year outside of a St. John's matchup fairly early in the season? Yeah, well, to answer your first question about the excitement, um, I would say the the Romeo's freshman year was there was a lot of a lot of excitement. You know, when he committed in in the spring or whatever, it just felt like you know the program had completely changed. Like it, the momentum is on our side, and and they had the the chance to really do something special. And you know, those first couple of games when Romeo was there, um, you know, the, the crowd was just really excited when he got announced. Everyone was going crazy and. You know, you obviously think back to how they started that season in the non-conference slate, beating Marquette. You know, they only had the one loss to Duke, and they were just kind of rolling. They beat Louisville. They they beat Notre Dame. Um, I think it was Notre Dame, and or maybe it was Butler. I don't know. But you know, they were just rolling, and they were like twelve and one or something nearing January, and it was just really exciting. And and everyone was kind of all into it, and you know, things just kind of you know went down from there. We don't have to really talk about the twelve or thirteen losing streak and all that. But yeah, ever since that, I mean, that was probably the most exciting that I've seen it around Bloomington um and but but this definitely I think rivals that or is probably a little bit bigger than that because it's it's a new face in Mike Woodson he's brought in a lot of talented um players um there's there's players we haven't seen in the Nia uniform yet they're going to play big roles on this team um and it's just really exciting I think the attendance for November 9th is going to be pretty good um you know I, I wouldn't I'm not going to say the the balcony is going to be completely full because you know it might not be, and that's totally fine, you know. But I think the the crowd's going to show out pretty good. I think it's going to be really loud. I think it's going to be really exciting. And you know, yeah, I was going to win by a decent margin. But um, I think when they go on those runs, it'll be really cool and fun to to kind of be in the building. Um, and I think people are just excited to get back for a game in general, you know, because you got to remember they haven't seen Indiana play in person, well, really in Assembly Hall since the twenty nineteen. Well, it would have been you know spring of twenty twenty was the last time that they would have seen. Uh, I think actually the last time fans were in the building was when Wisconsin won the Big Ten title on Assembly Hall's floor. So, you know, that that obviously wasn't a good time. But, uh, you know, so I think fans are just going to be excited to get back in the building. And, you know, I saw some stuff. I was at Hoosier Stadium. I saw some stuff about people saying how the attendance was poor or whatever. I don't know if I would say that. The attendance is never, like, crazy good at Hoosier Stadium anyways. Like, it's just kind of people fill out sort of the, a decent amount of the lower-level section, and that's kind of it. Um, you know, at least, at least in the years that I've been around, and I know maybe the excitement hasn't always been that great since I've been around, but, you know, I don't think it's ever been a sold-out Hoosier hysteria, and the fans were loud that were in the building, and, you know, it was a raining kind of kind of crappy day outside, too, uh, this past year, so um, I, I, I didn't really understand sort of the negative outlook of the fans at Hoosier hysteria, because, I mean, it just it seemed like a really exciting time, and the people in the building were pretty loud, so... That was all good, and I think you know the same will sort of be like for this opener. Uh, like I said, I don't think the balcony will be full, but I think a lot of people are going to show out and be loud. And uh, you know, you can only imagine when those when the big games start to roll around as well. Um, it's just going to be really good, and you know, people are just going to be 
people are just going to want to want to be back in assembly hall, whether it's, whether it's a weekday or a weekend. I think the student, the student body will be pretty good. I mean, we've seen the student body and how they showed up for football games and the football team hasn't really done much to, 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 you know, warrant all these crazy crowds because they've been struggling so much, but the students have, you know, they've been filling up their whole section and and football games. And I expect a lot of the same for basketball. Um, And, you know, nothing's like a packed assembly hall going crazy. Um, It's really kind of, I, to me, it doesn't really come close to anything else. Just it's just it's just crazy when IU goes on a run and everyone kind of rises up. Uh, it's just really exciting, and I think there's going to be a lot of excitement come November 9th and the games to follow. Dylan, uh, I want to talk IU football real briefly here before we go. Am I am I crazy being a little hopeful today that maybe IU can turn the corner here, even with quarterbacks out and Donovan McCauley getting the start, getting a win on the road Saturday at Maryland, and maybe rack up some more wins the rest of the way outside of the Michigan game. I mean, there are some very winnable games on the schedule, I think, especially if Penix or Tuttle were to be available in future weeks. And I'm not ready to count out Donovan McCauley at all. He was quite a high school football player in our state, and I think some of the experience he's going to get this season may really help IU future IU football down the road in the future. What do you think the rest of the way? Can this IU team – get a win this weekend, and then maybe uh, rack up some additional wins in the backside of the schedule? Well, I want to say yes, um, but the offense just week after week has just continued to show us that they just really can't do anything. They're not adjusting, and you know, I get last week was just sort of maybe an anomaly, and it was a tough situation. You know, it's raining down really hard. You're playing the top four team in the country, basically, um, you know, and you have your third and fourth string quarterbacks playing, and I get all of that. Um, but I was just, it was just curious. And I think, you know, you can look at both ways of Donovan McCauley and, and how people, some people are like, well, he's this highly touted, you know, freshman quarterback and you guys don't have him ready to play. How is that? And I also get Tom Allen's side of it where he said, you know, it was just a really tough situation to throw him into. We didn't want to do that because you don't want to have a guy like that lose confidence so early. You know, I'm sure he would have struggled if he played, you know, in the majority of the three quarters that Jack Tuttle was out for. I think it would have been a tough time for McCauley and, you know, you don't want them to sort of lose confidence. It's sort of that argument in the NFL. You know, do you do you start your rookie quarterback right away and throw him in his fire? Do you kind of let him sit behind a veteran and get him to learn things and stuff like that? And, you know, I think there's benefits to both things. So, you know, I, I, I'm not coming out of that Ohio State game thinking, oh, my God, Donovan Coley can't even throw a pass. Like, what what is that about? You know, obviously he can throw a pass. He threw a bunch of passing touchdowns in high school. He's got a really good arm, and you just kind of read the profile on him, and people are really optimistic about him. Um, and I just think they, they weren't expecting to use him that much this year, um, and now they're going to have to. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to kind of see what the offensive game plan is on, on, on Saturday at Maryland. You know, Maryland's really struggled. I think they came out like 3-0, and and people are like, oh, Maryland, look at them. But, but they've really kind of reverted back to a, 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 t- a kind of a, a, a you know a struggling team, and they've getting blown out a lot. So this is a very winnable game. You know, you expect Indiana's defense to really bounce back, and uh, you know, because that was just a really bad performance. I think the most disappointing thing from the Ohio State game was just how poor the defense played, because they've been really good all year, and they just, you know, just looked completely outmatched on Saturday. Um, so you hope they're able to bounce back. Um, you know, you know, Talu was a, a pretty quick quarterback, and you know, if they run up tempo, that could be a concern because of how Indiana struggled against Western Kentucky's up tempo offense, but. Um, if the defense could bounce back and just kind of see what the game plan is, they're going to have a lot more running packages with McCauley and maybe use, uh, you know, the Grant kid to throw the ball more. I'm not quite sure, um, but we're going to see. But I think it's definitely a winnable game. And, and like you said, if, if they're able to win this, kind of get back on the winning track, you get a road win in the Big Ten, it's always nice. Um, if you're able to win that, 
And, you know, obviously the Michigan game's going to be tough, but you look at the other games in the schedule, you have Rutgers, you got Michigan, you got Purdue, uh, not Michigan, sorry, Minnesota, you got Purdue. Um, if, if you just run the table in those other games aside from Michigan, you know, you're going to be bowl eligible. And if you can go to a bowl game and win it, I think I've said, you know, kind of all season long after things started to go south, like if you can get to a bowl game and you can win that bowl game, you still kind of take that momentum into the off season. You kind of have something to build off of. It's a really positive thing. It doesn't feel like a huge step back um, as opposed to if you completely miss one, uh, you know, but, you know, I think that's a big thing for this team and, and it starts Saturday. You know, you need to win this game on Saturday because this is a very winnable game. And if you lose this game, then, you know, you have to run the, the table, which includes winning at Michigan, uh, which just seems like a really daunting task right now. Uh, but like you said, you know, hopefully this will be good for McCauley's, um, you know, growth and, and in progression in the program. Hopefully they'll be able to get Jack Tuttle or, or, or Michael Penix back at some point during the season to make things a little bit easier in the back half of the schedule. Hopefully Tawan Mullen and Reese Taylor play more than a couple snaps this Saturday and, and help the secondary out. Um, so, you know, you're just hoping that all these things come together. Cause like you said, the, the season's not lost. They can still get to a bowl game. Um, and they, and it, but it starts Saturday and you got to come out and take care of business. Um, and I, I, and I'm not necessarily, um, not optimistic about this team, but I think the offense really needs to show everyone something that they can come out and, and move the ball and score touchdowns. Cause that's been the big thing that's hindered them so far this season. No question. Dylan Wallace, he's a sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He joins us on Fridays. Dylan have a great weekend. I know you got some high school football in front of you tonight. IU football on Saturday and very soon, my friend, IU basketball will return to assembly hall as well. Thanks for the chat today. Yep, of course. Thank you guys. All right, we'll head to a commercial break, come back with our final segment of the week. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star is next. You're listening to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back with Kyle Neddenrip of the Indy Star to close out the week here on the program. Kyle, J.Q. Roberts of Bloomington North is a prospect at IU Basketball recently offered. I saw yesterday he received a scholarship offer from Iowa. Really an intriguing player, someone with high school basketball the season just around the corner. I'm excited to see his development. I think he's going to be a guy that we understand very soon why IU, Iowa, and other Big Ten schools getting very, very involved. Yeah, it seemed like just a matter of time before uh, before those uh, bigger Big Ten schools started making offers, and certainly uh, you know IU Iowa are uh, fit that mold, and uh, Butler's offered as well, and and a few other of the uh, MAC uh, type schools. I think UMass offered a while back as well. So he's got you know got quite a few on his uh, on his list now, but uh, you know he's a guy that I, I you know I had a chance to see him a couple times last year, and then before that, uh, you know he's he's probably a guy that you know he's six foot six but you know he, he can play on the outside and you know can shoot it relatively well and uh he's def- definitely a really good athlete so you know kind of fits the bill of a you know of a guy you think would have the potential to play in the big 10 was probably on that uh you know sort of on that uh, cusp of uh you know who makes the first offer and then you know probably a lot more to come but and i know he's uh he's been on you know the radar of uh of scouts and those sorts of things and my radar for a while now so 
uh, it seems like a really good uh, kid too. And talk to him and, and, you know, very, uh, you know, affable, you know, good personality type of guy too. So I, I imagine he'll have a lot more coming his way here in the, in the future. All right, Kyle, week two of postseason football here in the Hoosier State. Any upsets, any storylines you're watching uh, going into tonight as we uh, head into a sectional semifinal uh, week of play? You know, I, I would say there's probably, you know, for the most part, you know, things kind of went as we thought last week. And I think this week, too, it kind of sets up to where, you know, most of the better matchups will happen next week, and which is kind of how you want it, or I would want it anyway, in a in a sectional final game. Now, there are a few I, I would, you know, say are, you know, potentially on upset alert or, or things like that. I think the Fishers uh, HSE game up here, uh, you know, that's always a traditional rivalry. Schools from the same district they had you know, 7,500 fans at their game during the season. And, you know, both those are top 10 teams. So it should be a really good game. Uh, HSC plays uh, uh, at home in that game uh, tonight, and they're ranked seventh in the state. And they have a chance, you know, if they can win tonight, and then, you know, they would play Westfield next week, which uh, I think the winner of that game would probably have a, a really good chance to make the semi-state and play probably Merrillville. Uh, to represent the North in the 6A uh, bracket. But you know, I'm actually going to be out at uh, Mooresville tonight, a uh, big 4A game. East Central's ranked number five in 4A, and uh, Mooresville number six in 4A, and, and that game should be really, really good. The winner of that game, I think, has a, has a legitimate shot to uh, you know probably take on Ron Colley, and you know if you can upset them, you can you can win the whole thing. So uh, that'll be a game of two you know two potential state championship contenders. You know, again, Ron Colley, pretty heavy favorite, but you know, that'll be a really good one, I think. And, you know, there's a few others. I think Park Tudor uh, playing uh, uh, Lutheran uh, tonight in 1A. I know Park Tudor feels pretty good about their chances and what they've done this year. They're 8-2 and two and kind of a program on the rise against the number one team in the state. So, you know, there's a few games out there. And with 6A getting started, it certainly adds to the uh, the flavor of tonight. You know, this week we didn't have those teams playing last week. So, you know, getting them going this week. And it should be a, you know, a rainy night, but should be a good night of football. Yeah, postseason football is here. And I tell you what, forecasts like tonight, it's going to be chilly. I think maybe mid-50s by kickoff here in southern Indiana, but a great chance of rain. This this is really uh, really football weather as we head into the winter months with basketball season around the corner. But the, the, when you get to the postseason in Indiana, that's to me when it really starts normally feeling like football weather. Yeah, time to get inside, in my opinion. Once, uh, <laughs> once it starts raining, and you know, it's, it's uh, you know, I know girls basketball starts next week with their games, and uh, starting to roll out some of our our uh, boys' coverage uh, already here. With uh, so that's fun. It's, it's a busy time, of course, but uh, you know, fun to get started with with some of the basketball stuff now. Well, that's where I was headed. Girls basketball will actually have some scrimmages this weekend here in the area, and I think some. Early games coming up, what, a week, week and a half from now. So basketball is is almost here. The boys' season will follow that. Their practices can officially begin soon as well. Thoughts on the upcoming girls' basketball season as we close out today? Yeah, I mean, there's a, our guy Brian uh, Hankin does a lot of our uh, girls' basketball coverage. But I think, you know, the team that, that I think everybody knows up, up north, uh, Crown Point, you know, they're going to be – uh, once again, a lot of their players are, are coming back, and and they're going to be, uh, I think, loaded for a for a great season. So, you know that you kind of start there, and I think uh, filter down. I know Brownsburg had a great year last year, made the state finals, and they they lost Allie Becky, but still uh, have have a good group coming back. And 
you know, North Central uh, will be again. You know, they were number one last year and then kind of got upset along the way, but they have a really good group back. And then, you know, Ashland Shade, the uh, Noblesville uh, standout, I covered, I did a story on her when she was uh, a freshman and, you know, has done nothing to, uh, you know, to to make you believe she's not one of the best players in the state. She's phenomenal and uh, they should be really good too. So we've we've got a lot of good teams up here and, and girls as well as boys. So, uh, a lot, you know, players committed to UConn and things like that. I mean, there's a lot of good things happening on the girls' side of uh, basketball, too. Yeah, no question. Kyle Nedenrip, the Indianapolis star, my guest, Kyle's always with us Friday on the program. Kyle, can't wait to talk high school hoops and recruiting with you throughout the winter months. There's going to be some great basketball in our state this year, whether it's from an IU perspective with recruiting or whether it's stuff happening in southern Indiana. Look forward to having your voice with us on Fridays. Absolutely. Love to do it. Thanks, Matt. All right, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indy Star. That's going to wrap up this Friday show. Check us out as a podcast. If you missed the live show on the Big X, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Good luck, Providence Boys Soccer. Good luck, Silver Creek Volleyball. High school football tonight on the Big X. Back with you Monday here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>